Hey, this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have another host with us. Who change executives to be the powerhouse leader they are meant to be, and the one that their team needs. She is a speaker, trainer, executive coach, author, and host of Shedding the Corporate Page. So let's welcome our today's guest, Bernadette Bose. Bernadette, thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So very curious to know about you, Bernadette. Let's begin with when did you thought of becoming a coach? I left corporate in late 2007, and I immediately knew I was going to start my own business. I would advise anyone that if you leave a 25-year career or a five-year career or a 10-year career, take a break first before diving in into starting your own business. But I immediately knew that I wanted to leverage all of my corporate savviness and my corporate executive knowledge and experience and expertise with entrepreneurs. So I immediately set out to only work at the time and for a number of years, only with either early startups or those that were three to five years in on having their business and they're now looking to grow their business. And so it was an immediate understanding and belief that I definitely had the business process, the entrepreneurial mindset. In corporate, I used to call myself an intrapreneur because mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, they have to always be looking for new opportunities. They have to be looking to solving good key problems. They have to be looking to really add value to the business. And so in corporate, I would go and looking for breaks in the way we were doing business, uh, looking for opportunities that we weren't taking advantage of, looking for new products and services, offering myself up to help with, with taking care of that situation. So I was often, from the time I was probably 18 or 19 years old, referred to as an entrepreneur. Wow. Entrepreneurial journey started way beyond when you actually got started, which was about 15 years ago. Still, but question to you about building a business, right? Tell us about something that is very crucial for one to know when they are in their initial stages of their business. Okay, that's a great question. So right off the bat, entrepreneurs, and it doesn't matter how old they are, they could be 16, they could be 60. And if they're going to start their own business, they need to recognize that they are in sales. And so If someone has any hesitation of selling themselves and selling their business, if they have never done it before, if they aren't even sure what it's all about, or if they even don't think, oh, no, I don't need to sell because I can just put something online, it's going to sell automatically. I have a rude awakening for you because everything you do in your business is all about selling yourself selling the product and service, selling your business. And so if entrepreneurs, when they start their business, can seek out, whether it's a mentor, it's a coach, it's training, it's certifications, it's just experience around selling specifically, then they're going to solve a lot of their headaches and a lot of their their desperation that's going to happen when they're not attracting business into their business. Yes, selling it. And a wide up call to the people who are still a little shy to sell their product. 
wake-up call is you don't have a business if you can't sell your product. You just don't. If, if you're afraid to sell your product, then you have a hobby and don't spend money and invest and spend all that time thinking you have a business because you don't and you won't. So if you're so if are hesitant, there's a difference between there's a difference between being stubborn and being animate about I don't need to sell, I don't want to sell. And the fact that you have to, but yet you don't know how and or you're scared to and you don't like rejection. There's a big difference between the two of them. So if you are at least open-minded to the fact that, yeah, I, I don't know how to do it. I am nervous and scared to do it. At the same time, if I do want a business, then I have to do it. And I just now need to go out and find that mentor coach training or just go and do it. Then those are two very different individuals. They're two very different people. And the first person who's stubborn, animate about not needing to do it or is responding to their fear in just the fact that, nah, I don't, I'm not going to do it. Go back to a job. Go find a job and collect a paycheck every week or every two weeks because you're not going to make it. You're just going to be miserable and you're going to struggle for a very long time. But if you're at least open-minded and coachable and trainable, and whether it takes a week or it takes a number of years, and I'm not kidding when it's, I say that, because I even said, I would say that it took me a good three to four years to get in my stride of being okay to go out and sell myself, go out and sell my products and services, go out, beat my chest and say, I have the best product in the world. It took time to get over that insecurity. I don't like rejection, Karen. I don't like rejection. So I was right there with anybody else who's struggling, but yet I was determined to overcome that and find the people and the, and the uh, trainings that would help me overcome that. Yes, totally. There are two kinds of people. One that won't make it and others would make it with some good amount of awareness of who they are, what they can do. And how they can get it done. Bernadette, now the question brings the question. Next question is about client success stories. Something that you know or something that is on the top of the mind. Yeah. Before, if you don't mind, because you triggered something for me in that last one, before we move on from that last question. The one experience I had when I left corporate is I was going to buy a franchise immediately. And what I was looking for is I was going to be coaching and consulting small businesses. But I wanted to find content that I didn't necessarily have to spend time and money creating it myself. If anyone's familiar with franchising, their process for identifying who would make a good is they do a lot of assessments. So they'll do a lot of self-assessments, personality assessments, behavior assessments, entrepreneurial assessments. And so if you are just starting or maybe you've been in for three to five years, but you're still unsure, insecure, hesitant about certain doing certain things that you need to do to grow your business, then I would suggest going and finding someone like a coach to help you do a self-assessment. Because just like you raised up, it requires self-awareness. And if you aren't purposely aware of what's causing you to be insecure or fearful or doubtful or hesitant, then you're going to struggle. But if you can start self-assessing yourself right away, then you can start identifying, okay, yeah, I'm weak in this area, but this is what I could be doing to improve it. So that's, I just want to 
make sure I mention that about self-assessments or go and get a formal assessment that individual. I do, and I started doing it from the very get-go. I would give my new client a DISC assessment, D-I-S-C, DISC assessment, to assess their willingness to be open and coachable and trainable and developable and all that kind of good stuff. And I did one so then I could show them mine and discuss theirs and then how best we work together. Self-assessments or even formal assessments, they're great for entrepreneurs to, to start implementing for themselves, let alone for their team or for their clients. So to go to your next question about client successes, I'm even going to pepper in a, a couple of fails as well, because I think that's important for us to pay attention to. It's nice to hear about all the successes as if I am um, a, a very powerful, I never have failure, I never have bad experiences, I never lose money. But the successes, I would say, and this has happened multiple times, but I'll use Don as an example. So Don was a small business owner just starting and he purchased a franchise and he was just starting to work in into his business. All the kind of franchising you have to, they're strict with following their procedures, their processes, their systems. And Don really wasn't excited about that. He had his own, he wanted to make his own stamp when he wanted to have his own systems and processes and whatnot. And so I was talk, coaching him and working with him and working through that stubbornness because that's a mindset, just what we were just talking about. And so I said, franchising is very strict, very frameworked. And I said, so what do we do to help you shift toward that to make you successful without giving up the fact that you wanted to be creative and you wanted to put your own stamp on things? And so we worked on that for a while. We worked on just because the mindset is far more critical to work on and it's harder to work on than just putting systems in place, technologies in place hitting a button and running a business. And so we worked on that. And he was probably, at the time when I met him, he was maybe $25,000, $30,000 a year. And over time, even beyond my working with him, but I worked with him for a year, about a year and a half. He was in a couple hundred thousands. Mm -hmm. And then he was shooting. And then his goals were a million. Uh, just because one, he shifted his mindset. Two, he considered that the business model that he expected and wanted for himself had to have some flexibility because he bought into a franchise. And then three, he had a plan. And I can't tell you how many small businesses I go into, entrepreneurs I go into, and I say, okay, so show me your business plan. And they don't have one. And so he was somewhat on that trajectory. He didn't have one. We worked on it. It's actually a requirement of me working with anyone. And if you don't have one, fine, I'll help you with that. But at the same time, you have to be willing to invest in getting that done. Time, money, everything. So and the next thing you know, he was shooting at a million plus, not even two, three years later. So that was always fun. But the where's this? I'm really successful and because I do work now primarily with corporate clients, but I still have my entrepreneurs yeah. that I work with. And the biggest challenge I find from both groups is from a leadership perspective. Okay, now I need to motivate and inspire and develop and train and coach an, a person or a team of people. And I've never done that before. And I'm not sure how to do it. And so again, there's that insecurity, there's that uncertainty. 
And so I've had multiple clients that HR calls me and says they're about to be let go for their performance unless we can shift them. And so again, I would start working on a personal development plan, not professional, not all the business stuff, but more from the mindset to, but yet telling them, look, your, your career, your lifestyle, your income's on the line. And so we need to make changes and they need, they need to be evident. And so major, I would probably have a 5%, 90% success rate mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, developing my clients to where they're advancing, they're growing their business, they're growing their team, they're growing their success. But I've also had a couple of what there's specifically a couple, two of them that there was nothing, there was no saving them. They just weren't coachable. They weren't willing to change. They weren't open to constructive feedback. They wanted it their way or no way. And therefore, I did what I could because everything else is in their hand. And unfortunately, they lost their position. Yes, Bernard, it, it, it makes total sense to share the risks and the failures and what makes them successes and failures. Bernadette, next question to you is about misconceptions. What are some of the misconceptions about coaching? One big misconception that is changing over the last couple of, last three to five years, but it's still very prevalent, is that people are given coaches because they have behavioral or leadership issues. Mm. Not that it's for them to, they're high potential, they have a lot of opportunities in front of them, whether they're an entrepreneur or a corporate professional. And therefore, they're given this coach as a tool to help them really stay focused, to help them really lay out their goals, to help them overcome their fears and insecurities. And I'm talking at the highest of levels. You have CEOs all over the world at the largest companies who have their own insecurities and their own fears. And the misconception is it's only for problem children and it's not used as a strategic tool to help develop them and enrich them. And that's what it is. And that's where it's moving toward is people now clamor to get a coach because they know how much the coach will add value to what it is they're trying to do as an entrepreneur or as a, as a professional. Yes, that's a short valid point that you just shared there, that coaches are for getting more successful, if you will. Next question, tell us about the things that keep you inspired as a coach? Oh, I just love when my clients, I have achieved their goal, but not even like that because it doesn't have to be really big. So for instance, this week alone, I had a large 31 person disc training workshop on Tuesday with a client here in Atlanta. And it was just awesome to see them come to me afterwards and say, I would never have thought that of myself because they did an assessment. So they were made aware of some things of how they behave, how they communicate, how they how they're successful or not successful. And they came up to me going, I can't believe in this assessment, it's pointing out my blind spots, which is what assessments are all about is your blind spot. But more importantly, they said, you gave us some and I'm just walking away with two tips that will transform me, that will change me. And they were so excited as opposed to. So at the end of the day, they're like, okay, she's gone. I'm going back to the way I do things. So that, and I follow up with everybody. So I'll see and and experience their, their changes and what they're putting into place for themselves and as a team. And then even this morning, 
with one of my a client call. Uh, she was expressing how she's a you know high potential and we're working on her getting more exposure. But she was expressing how she is apprehensive and fearful of confronting someone she needs to confront. And so we talked through it and she was still rolling her eyes and not sure about doing this. But I just continued asking her questions about why, that why is she feeling this way? Why is she doubting herself? Why, why? That's a great question to ask yourself on a regular basis. And the next thing you know, by the end of the call, I said, so how are you feeling about taking this next step? And she's, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm scheduling it. I just need to be prepared. I need to plan it out. But yeah, I'm going to do it. What, what do I have to lose? So at the beginning of that one hour call, it was no way. And by the end of it, uh, just being patient with her, allowing her to experience the feelings that she was feeling and then working through them and her telling herself or proving to herself through evidence that her apprehensions and fears and insecurities are wrong because she's been through a number of very similar situations and she's been just fine. We don't give ourselves enough credit and my clients certainly don't give themselves enough credit for what they've accomplished. And so just seeing that expression and that calm and that confidence is just, I love it. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. You speak like Steve Jobs when you speak of your work. And I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I am speaking as a compliment. Yes. So Bernadette, let's speak about the ways of reaching out to you. What are some of the best ways of reaching out? First, anyone can link in with me, follow me on LinkedIn. But when you do, put a note that tells me you, you met me through this podcast. Make it personal. And please, if you're on LinkedIn and you're reaching out to people, please say something personal. Don't try to sell yourself on that very first email and pitch yourself or pitch the product or service or whatever before you even know the individual. And so reach out to me on LinkedIn at Bernadette Bose. My last name is B-O-A-S. You can certainly go to ballifiercoaching.com. And then I am everywhere. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. TikTok, I think, is the only place on there. <laughs> but at the same time, the most, the most streamlined way to reach me is LinkedIn or on Ballifier Coaching. You know what, guys? So do reach out. Next question, Bernadette, final question. So tell us about the action steps. What do you suggest the listener does after hearing this conversation? But after hearing this conversation, I would first start searching, start Googling self-assessments around an area that you identify you need to grow in. If that's sales, if that's leadership, if that's time management, and go and find a free self-assessment and which will look have you look at where are you today, where do you want to be, and then put a find one or two things, one or two facets or feedbacks that you can then put a, some goals toward and start working on them and start working on chipping away at the gaps and filling them. And because you'll, I always believe small steps lead to big results. So start small, take your first self-assessment of whatever kind that is required to you. And from there, take, take small steps towards what you want to improve on and how you want to succeed. Bernadette, thank you so much for such a great conversation. It was a pleasure to be able to meet you and an honor to be able to host you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You too. And I am your host, Kiran Nagar, signing off for the day. You guys take care. Bye, guys.